All right, welcome into the next episode of the Sean Salisbury Show here on the Believe Network. I'm Adam Sager. He is Sean Salisbury. You can follow us on Twitter at Sean Unfiltered for Sean, at Adam G. Sager for myself. Uh, make sure to follow because we're always dropping something. Sean's dropping his quarterbacks, throwing 67 yards in the air, getting hit. It, just an amazing throw or, you know, bad baseball takes like he likes the Red Sox. So. I mean, just go join whoa, him. Whoa, and... whoa, whoa! A couple of a couple Sox teams are having their struggles at times. <laughs> yeah, hey, I was year, just so about to bash it. my team because you know the White Sox they suck ass too. In oh, you ain't lying, brother. Very disappointing year. season, led by yeah. uh, you know. It, it, there's some old managers in the game, and my team gets stuck with fucking Tony Larusa and his old dumbass that can't stay awake in the dugout. That's for a whole nother show, but so, now you get, yeah, you can, well, you now can you got me fired up in the first, I tried to get you fired up. You, yeah. And I just pass it off to you because yeah, you got me fired I, up. I already, I've already, I've already surrendered the Red Sox this year, brother. I, I'm not even mad anymore. We're 48 that's seconds in. I've already dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> like, just, that's what Tony LaRusso does to me. But anyways, we got oh, a ton to goodness. talk about. We had a, a fun college football weekend. I don't know how much good football we saw. We saw some. I think a lot of rusty football players were out on the field and, and it showed, I think throughout a lot of the games, uh, but we'll get into that in a second. And uh, also one thing we didn't do that. I forgot that I want to do at the end of the show. We never picked our Heisman winner. So I want to do that. And then uh, Anthony Richardson. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Hey, if you want to pick him, he had a hell of a game. I know. We'll get into that. Boy, he was, did he ever, he was awesome. That's a good kickoff game for him, but now we are sponsored by bet online we sure are sex bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting which is awesome props and features head to bet online today or your mobile service to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v-50 do that in capital letters as well to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's believe b-l-e-a-v-50 b-l-e-a-v-50 bet online it's where the game starts Kind of cool. I already use Bet Online because it's one of the best. Oh yeah, so I I yeah, have an account. We, we are we're early to the right party, brother. Early yeah, to the so, right party. There you well, go. Welcome to the show, Bet Online. But Saturday night we had the big one. We talked about it. Notre Dame, Ohio State. How would Notre Dame handle all the speed and athletes that Ohio State has? Well, one way was one of them did not play pretty much the entire game. That was Jackson Smith and the Jigba. He got hurt early. Uh, kind of sucked for the game because you'd like to see Ohio state at full strength, but it was a weird game to me, Sean. It wasn't like, I, uh, I thought Notre Dame's defense was just so outstanding. They held Ohio state to 21 points. I think it was kind of a mixture of rust from the Ohio state offense, kind of not in a rhythm. You can kind of see they kind of got in a rhythm later in the game, but, and then Ohio or not Ohio state, Notre Dame's offense, was just putrid. I don't think it was anything really that Ohio State did defensively. 
I just think Notre Dame's offense looked terrible. So it's kind of a weird game, but Ohio State gets the win 21-10 in the opener. Yeah, and I'll tell you what Ohio State and Notre Dame, fans of both and what they'll be saying in-house, one is for Notre Dame. And in truth, they probably deserve more respect than we gave them. I think a lot of times because at the end of seasons, we wonder why Notre Dame can't close out national titles or that. And they've made changes and they're always good. But we say, when are they going to be great? And a rookie head coach at Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, did a good job at having them Mm -hmm. ready to play. There's no question. So their defense did a nice job at dealing with team speed. And Ohio State has to deal with better when you lose your best receiver and one of the best, if not the best in the country. You've got to find a way to to overcome that like they have been able to in the past because they're weapons galore. You can't let that, although you get worse. They've got enough weapons. That That's the next man up, and it, it fits at Ohio State. That being said, I do give Notre Dame credit for flying around and playing good defense, and that may be the only time this year, maybe your Wolverines can do it, that, that somebody holds Ohio State to 20, 21 points. Yet Ohio State still wins the game. Notre Dame obviously fared well, but they're going to have to come up with a lot more offensively. Sags, you are 100% correct. But I think they feel good because they think they held as good an offense as there is in America to, 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 you know, we're talking about three touchdowns. So overall, on the other side of it, Ohio State's begging for one thing. Now it's Notre Dame's offense. It ain't Alabama's. It's not Michigan's. It's not Southern Cal. It's not Florida the way Anthony Richardson played, as we joked about and, we're, and how good he played. It is Ohio State. And Ohio State's defense did a nice job, and I think we expected, but Jim Knowles stepping up. The biggest question for Ohio State this year was going to be one. Could their defense not force their offense to score 40 points a week, even if they can, to where they can win a low-scoring battle? They won it in this one, but can they do that against some high-powered team and keep the best of the best with the best quarterbacks, make sure they're in check and you don't let those guys dominate? It was a good start for both. I don't believe in moral victories. But remember also, Segs, last year against Oregon, Ohio State did similar stuff. They started sluggish, did not play very well. They lost that one. And then went on and until your team put it on them, played really good football mm-hmm. and developed an offense that was fierce. So I'm anxious to see how both of them go on. Notre Dame's better than we thought, but the craziness that Ohio State sucks, not by you, but by oh, Ohio State's overrated. I would caution, talk to me at the end of the month before we talk about Ohio State being overrated because they're the safest bet of the, of the week this week, Sigs. They're like 40-point favorites. I don't even know mm-hmm. who they play. I, I was looking at it. Yeah, You know how they are. They're going to come out try to score 60 this week oh, to get sure. that field. This is a C.J. Stroud five touchdown in three quarters, 325 yards, rush for 250 more yards, and get out with a 66-10 type of win. So, to me, you'll see a big bounce back. Even though they won, they want to feel better about their offense. Yeah, I, I looked at this game, and by the way, they play Arkansas State. So, like you said, that's going to well, be a game. Once where... again, it's going to be a boat race. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I said I, I think that Ohio State. I don't want to say played their worst game, but again, they weren't in sync, and you could see it. And you know, you're going out there, and you're thinking in game one is C.J. Stroud. You're not thinking that Jackson Smith and the Jigba is going to get hurt on the fourth play or right. whatever it was, and right. and that's a guy that you're expecting in game one at least to be there throughout the game, and he wasn't, and they had to quick, you know, change their direction of the offense. I thought the Ibuka kid stepped in and played really well. Uh, I expected more from Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that 
You know, he's got all the talent in the world. We saw it last year. But let's also remember last year, he was playing with Smith, Smith and the Jigba, uh, right. Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. He was the fourth guy in an offense that was so high-powered. Now he's expected to be 1B to to JSB's 1A. Yeah, he no longer should get to hide as number four. He's got to exactly. step up and be that guy, no Exactly, doubt. and it's not like he was terrible. had, I think, five catches for about 55 yards or so. But in this offense, you're expected to be great. And I don't know that anybody was great. I mean, C.J. Stroud, you can just see some of the throws he made. That ball he threw when he was uh, – rolling out to his right and he just waited and waited and waited till he got to the sideline and then just threw a dart to a guy cutting across the field. I don't remember the receiver was, I mean, that throw is, you don't see anybody, but special quarterbacks. Yeah. Make that throw. So we know they're going to be great and we know they're going to be in it till the end. Uh, Moving games, man, you want to talk about disappointment. I know we both had to be disappointed because we picked them to be in the college football playoff. And, you know, it, it was, it was a rough day for the PAC 12 and what continues to be a rough stretch of football season after season, after season, you expect at least both teams. We expected Utah to win and you expect Oregon to be able to at least somewhat play with Georgia. I'm not saying they need to be within three points, but you got to be somewhat close. That game wasn't even close, but looking at the Utah Florida game, it was a game that I thought Utah, they gave it to them. Florida played great, but I thought Utah just made some mistakes that I didn't think a Kyle Whittingham team would do, and they just didn't have enough in the end. And and credit to Florida and and Billy Napier for having that team ready and Anthony Richardson for taking another step forward, and we can see now why some people have him as a top-10 pick in this next year's draft. We see why. If this keeps up, he'll be a top five pick. He's right. a he's at every NFL skill set you want. He dominated the game. Yep. Now, while or while Utah gave it away in SIGs, we know that. But the, when you give it to somebody, they got to be willing to take it to take do something it. with yep. it, and they did. And the best player on the field by far on Saturday was Anthony Richardson. He just was. And there's a lot of talent on both teams. And Kyle Whittingham's teams don't beat each other. And you're right. I had him in the playoff. You did too. The the schedule in the in the Pac-12 the physicality of their team, but you just never know. And here's the issue. You can't turn the ball over like rising did down. You just can't do it. And you can't put the ball in the best player's hand that many times and let him beat you with both his arm and his feet. And then, and he, it looked to me, Segs like as the game got tougher, Richardson just continued there. There was a sense of calm about him that like he'd been doing this for a long time and dominate games. He's special. Now it's one game, but he did it against a really good, top 10, top five quality team. And here's the crazy thing about it. Oregon blows right now. I mean, they got hammered by Georgia. They're not that bad. And Bo Nix is not a, a sixth grade quarterback, but they're also, they're not, a, they're, they're not a threat. Let's put it that way in the big picture of things in the country. Number one, two is nobody else other than USC now uh, has that UCLA is not going undefeated. No. Nah. Utah is going to come back and bounce back, and they could win the rest of their schedule. Who knows? But if let's say U- USC has to go undefeated for them to be in the the four in, in the playoff, they do. Mm-hmm. Now, can they? They got to deal with Notre Dame. They got to deal with Stanford this coming week. Will be far more physical than yep. what they faced against Rice. 
their defense gets three pick sixes. It won't be that easy. And then they've got to deal with, you know, the Utahs of the world going forward. So it's ironic that one game in, unless you get Alabama crapping themselves and Georgia losing two games and, you know, Baylor or one of those teams losing two games, if you don't get help from Clemson or somebody like that, you can't make the playoff with one loss in the Pac-12 unless you get help. Now you got to rely on help from your friends, right? right? SC's, in truth, the only team alive to do that. They are. I mean, while UCLA won, but you get my point when I say yeah. legitimate, right? Weapons to do it. Now, I don't know if they can, but it was a good start hanging 66. Caleb Williams looked like Caleb Williams is supposed to look. But Utah, now you got to stay focused. Now, if we have a 12-team playoff, guess what? Utah goes on a run. Yeah. They're the ninth seed, the 10th seed. They got a chance to stay in it, right? So, but they didn't. They're there. And it's a frustration for fans because that's a good team. But as I've always said, Segs, I want good teams early if I'm the underdog. I do because they're still finding their way before they say, you don't want to play Alabama in week five if you're a heavy underdog. Hell, if you're Texas, you're glad you're getting them. Then they're a heavy underdog. Three touchdowns. You're glad you're getting Alabama and Nick Saban in Austin this week because Quinn Ewers could be a superstar and Steve Sarkeesian is great. Play Alabama in week seven. Guess what that spread is going to be? A lot worse than that. Yeah. Okay, because this is a team. So they got a chance, fighting chance, right? But we'll see how long that lasts. So, yeah, it was – but but credit to you – I mean, to Florida. Billy Napier had his team ready and told you I love the way he calls plays. And Segs, there you have it. He get Their offense gets it. And it's nice that he stumbled in – when I say stumbled in, walked into a situation where it's like, ooh, I get this quarterback? Oh, okay, this is really cool. It was it was fun to watch a bummer for the Pac-12 in Utah. Yeah, it, it, the most impressive part about Florida to me was, you know, we've talked about Utah a few times on this podcast, and the one thing we always talked about was the physicality that yep. they would bring. And while they did bring it, I mean, you can't give up over seven yards per carry to a Florida, Florida team. Florida that, matched it, say. Yeah, Florida, Florida had Florida it out, all. They were out more physical. And, right? and like you said, they were not ready for Billy Napier's offense. They were not ready for the physicality, but the running style, the the way that Anthony Richardson can use his feet, they did not seem ready for it. And, and credit to Florida, they jump all the way to 12 now in the AP. Remember, they were unranked. They're now the 12th best team in the country, according to the Associated yep. Press. And it's going to be interesting. That's the respect they had for Utah. Exactly. How the, yeah, how the people you, felt about Utah. You go in there, you beat Utah, I think was number seven, if I'm not mistaken, heading in. Seven or eight, yep. Uh, yeah, so they've jumped all the way to 12 now. Florida has, and I think Utah dropped right behind them at 13 or 14 in that range. Uh, looking at some other games, you know, the Arkansas-Cincinnati, that was a fun game. I enjoyed watching that game. There was, you know, good offense. We saw some good defensive play. K.J. Jefferson is a dude. I don't know if he'll be able to throw the ball consistently enough to beat an Alabama or a Georgia, but his feet are dangerous. And he's a guy that, you know, if you give the ball to special things can happen and he has the arm strength to do it. It's all about the consistency, but Sam Pittman has this team moving in the right direction. Like we've talked about, and they showed it against a good Cincinnati team that yes, lost a lot of talent to the NFL, but man, they have a lot of talent still there. 
and and uh, their coach blanking on his name right this second, uh, Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle, he's got them rolling again. Sigs, you know how I feel about Pittman when they got him. Right, mm-hmm. I like his as I meant his mentality, the way he approaches the big fellows, which I like. You ain't winning in that conference if you can't bow your bow your neck and and square up. And he was knock, kind of like an old school hire. Like, that's what it felt exactly. like we talked about when he was hired. More of an old school. He's like well, you know, punchy in the mouth. Yep. He well, think where they've been, Segs, a few times. Right. Think where they've been. They'd been with the flashy offense. Then they went and got Chad Morris. And not that he was a good mm-hmm. guys that were that. Uh, okay. This is former high school coach and the next level of this innovation of, and I understand hell mm-hmm. with it. We see that all over every now and then, Oh, you got to change, change it up and say, what we need is we need a guy that comes back and just will fist fight you. Right. Mm-hmm. Teach it that way. Now they have elements. Sags, if I were to tell you that at some point this year, at some point this year, Arkansas is going to beat a, really a highly, highly ranked team this year. Do not be surprised. You and I both know this, mm-hmm. right? We know Arkansas is capable of doing this at some point that they're physical. They will run it. The quarterback's a playmaker, and they've got attitude. So, I, like, I, do I believe they're a national title team? Absolutely not. But don't discount them, and I know you're not. They're, they're right. pretty damn good. Bless you. They're, they're pretty good, and it was a fun game to watch. I just think they take on his personality, and I think things are about as good in Arkansas. They've been in a minute now. I do. I believe that. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, they come back, they play Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. Then they have a game against Missouri State. And then we'll find out about Arkansas. They play at Texas A&M and home against Alabama. I mean, that's just in three, four weeks. So their big tests are boom, boom. And you said they're going to beat somebody really good. Well, they're going to have two chances in a row and they have the type of team that I think can give Texas A&M problems. And that is the game I look at. Alabama, we saw what they did. Real quick, let's go back. You know, we talked about the Pac-12 and, and, you know, kind of a a bad weekend for them, mainly for Utah and Oregon we were talking about. Georgia. I mean, you said Oregon's just not that good of a football team right now, and I completely agree. But, man, Georgia just – Oregon was never in that game, ever, from the kickoff. They were not in that game. And you just saw the level. And and I saw people, you know, tweeting out, this is why we don't need a a 12-team playoff. This is why we don't need a 12-team playoff. You know, when you see games like this, when two or three, however you have them ranked, is just beating the hell out of number 10 or 11 or whatever they were, I see why people say that, and and it is not a good look, especially when this just came down about a 12-team playoff. Georgia is, man. And with, with a veteran quarterback who's played in the SEC and understands it, looked like he'd never played it down a football in his, in his life. Mm-hmm. I know Bo Nix is better and tougher than that. I know he is. I don't so, know. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it may, what's that? Better than that. Say. Yes, I, 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 I'm talking about yes. better than that. Yeah. Because I got guys I train right now that are in high school that would have shown up better than that. Okay. And Bo Nix should have, I mean, he's got to be better. That being said, is, yeah, do you wonder, does he maximize? Can he elevate against teams that aren't inhuman? And Georgia's seems to be a bit inhuman. And Stetson Bennett, look like he's a Heisman Trophy candidate, dude. He, he just, 
out of his friggin' mind again. That guy's getting better. And they made that confident to me. It's like, I don't care if I'm not six foot three, six foot four. I'll dominate all you guys. Yeah. I got this defense to get me the ball. And he's delivering the ball on time and with confidence and played great. And says, yeah, maybe I'm not being fair to Oregon because they've got good athletes. Maybe it's just the fact that Georgia is like should be playing on Sundays instead of Saturdays. Yeah. And they showed it against Oregon. And I'm being a bit hyperbolic with that, but they are. I thought it would tough to keep that energy, Segs. I did, you know, the energy from last yeah. year. Sometimes it's like, okay, oh, we lost all these guys. Apparently, Kirby Smart knows that motivation's temporary, inspiration's permanent. He seems to have this team that when you waltz in that building, we do things. We 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 don't motivate. We inspire, and you're going to stay that energy, staying up because they haven't taken that. And I I have a hard time believing they're better this year, but good gracious. They made Oregon look like a, that they were elementary school. They did. It was they. It was like when they got off the team bus. It was like, oh hell, I don't even know if I want to play in this one. That's how it felt. It was a bad representative of the Pac-12, and it wasn't good to see, man. Yeah, when you look at it, you know sometimes you wonder, or you know, I was actually wondering during the game. All we kept hearing, and you know, we mentioned it, but we weren't saying like Georgia's going to be bad or anything. But you saw all these analysts saying. How can Georgia beat Georgia when you lose eight starters on defense? You lose your top two running backs. You lose your best wide receiver. You you know you lose all this stuff Agreed. to the NFL. How can you be this good? And sometimes you know what? Maybe when you're a team like Georgia or you're a team like Alabama or Ohio State, maybe it's a good thing that a lot. Of, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but you know when your players leave, you won the national championship. You have all those players leave people are still doubting you and you can use that. If you're Kirby smart and say, look at, look what we just did last year. Yeah. We lost a lot of good talent, but we're one of the best recruiting teams in the country year in, year out. The next class just steps up and you Jalen Carter. Yep. I, I know everybody says Will Anderson is, is the best Jalen Carter's right there with him. Neck and neck is the best defensive player in football. If not the best, just pure college football. There's no question. So Georgia is scary. There's no question. And I know they play in the SEC. There's a lot of good teams, but outside of Alabama, I don't know if a team can handle them. You know what they play like two segs? Obviously they got a lot of swagger and confidence, but you can have a lot of that if you don't have, but they got, we talk about their toughness indeed. They're, they're talented is all hell too. They just got friggin' football playing Jesse's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they're 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 a bitch to deal with all day long. It's it's relentless. It, you know, it's like a hitting order, but worse because you get hit. You know that hitting order when they're like eight deep, and the eighth hitter's hitting two seventy eight. You're like, what the? I can't. Yeah. The pitcher can't even breathe. Well, the Astros World Series year, notwithstanding mm-hmm. the what went on that night, two thousand nineteen. Rock. I'm talking about from one to. It's like we've seen them over the years, right? Yeah. When 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 the, when the teams at their best, like shit, I'm at the seventh guy. And he'd be hitting in the three hole or four hole for some that right. feeling of a pitcher. When you play them, that's it's like exhausting. Matter of fact, it's exhausting to watch because they're beating your brains in. But it's it's constant. And you know what else? See, they no longer believe they're the they're the they're the the groomsmen to the groom, meaning Alabama. They exactly. literally and they've proven it. But they actually think they're better now as a, as a as recruit. They think they're better at everything, now, whether they are or not. But that's their personality. Yep. You know what? Kirby has them believing that when you walk in here, it's not if it's like, okay, we don't, we're not worried about last year. That rings on our finger, tucked away in your, in your, 
in your uh, your safe at home or wherever you want to put that damn thing. We're going to get in a second one, and that's hard to do. Kirby Smart's not playing. That Georgia team's filthy, and and their quarterback's playing out of his mind too. Yeah, it's it's and that's the benefit of having a quarterback like Stetson Bennett, someone who's been there, done that, and yeah, he may not be a number one pick in the draft type quarterback. But we see this all the time in college where guys that, you know, aren't really NFL quarterbacks lead their teams to win because they're great leaders. They don't make mistakes and they can take their team up a level when they need to. And that's what Stetson Bennett does. And they've been through some adversity. Yeah. Right. And they've been through, you know, the guy goes there, leaves and goes to another school, comes back, walk on mentality, tough guy, has be has, has actually had five stars transfer. Mm-hmm. Ran guys out of the damn building. You know what I'm saying? Think about this. You're a five-star. Said so I'm five-star quarterback across the country. Of course I'm going to play. And then you walk into the quarterback room, and there's about a 5'10 dude sitting in there. And you say, well, okay, could you grab me a soda when you go? Yeah. No, he's your starting quarterback, right. uh, young high schooler. And he also got that ring on his finger. He was the MVP in that game. And if you didn't watch the first game, let me show you this tape real quick. So, yes, there's something to be said for a guy – in college whose toughness there was a time when Kirby smart did not know or didn't think that Stetson Bennett could, could be that guy. He's no longer just a guy holding on for the five-star guy. He is the five-star guy without the stars by his name. Yeah. Remember the last two openers, they gave the job to JT Daniels, hoping with all the talent he has being that five-star recruit from USC coming in, that he'd take the job and just run away with it. And he never did. And credit to Stetson Bennett. He hung in there. He knew he wanted to be at Georgia. He hung in there, bided his time. When he got the chance last season, he took it. And now JT Daniels is gone playing at uh, West Virginia. So it's, it's a credit to kids like that. And like I said, we see it all the time in, in college, more so back ways a little bit. Remember when like, Alabama had like John Parker Wilson and AJ McCarron and all these guys that were good quarterbacks, but you knew they weren't going to be a first round pick, but they were still winning titles. They were, they didn't get you. They didn't get you beat. Yep. they made smart decisions. They knew how to hand it off. Right. Make smart, uh, smart, good, sharp choices. And they play great defense, run the football. Just don't turn it over and you have a chance. You're exact. They weren't the reason they were winning but they prevented you from being the reason they were losing. And they they always had a big play that would help you win the game. Right. Yeah, some play action to the running back that he hit for a 75-yard touchdown, and they go 12 out of 17 or you know 14 out of 22 and throw for 222 yards because they had like 22 yards per completion because everybody stacked at the line of scrimmage. And they just – and then they're – and they run around and some guy, three dudes hit him at the goal line. They flip around and get the hell kicked out of him. They get up and they got mud coming out of there and they still go back in and play. But now Nick's to the point, he says, ooh, I know how to get to another level. I'll just have the Heisman Trophy guy and start recruiting these five-star guys. We'll just have four of them in the room now too, not just linebackers and running backs and secondary players. Right. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's incredible. Uh, one thing yep. we've talked about a lot on this show, uh, and, and it's my team, Michigan. I don't know how much you saw because they were playing Colorado State, and you know it's a game that they won easily. Uh, I think it was fifty-five to seven or fifty-one to seven, whatever the final was. But the most interesting part was, yes, both guys played exactly like we said. Cade 
McNamara started the game. He played a majority of the game. J.J. McCarthy came in and did his thing. Uh, I'm telling you, I watched every snap of this game. Cade McNamara came out looking rough. He was missing balls low. He was missing balls high. He was missing balls behind. Uh, His one big play was basically a screen that Roman Wilson took 60-plus yards for a touchdown. And then McCarthy came in, and you just saw a boost to the offense. Immediately comes in. I think it was his second or third play. Comes in, touchdown run. And you saw what he did with his legs. I think he had over 50 yards rushing on three carries. Was four for four passing. I don't want to be that guy because it's Colorado State. But now J.J. McCarthy gets to start in game two against a bad Hawaii team. If he comes out and just lights it up and then Cade comes in, throws a couple dink passes and, and comes out. From what we've seen, I don't know how Jim can even consider Cade McNamara the starter. It's it's time for this offense to have the guy in J.J. McCarthy and take off. We saw they can be good last year. Now I think with all the talent they have in that offensive line, they can take off under McCarthy, and I think it's time for Jim to make that decision. Well, let me just tell you, and all the defensive coordinators I've been around at both levels in college and pro and watching, Cade McNamara is a good player. Yes. He'd be a good player on a lot of places. Probably be better if he was on a place that threw it 40 times to get into more rhythm, right? You, get, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just, he's a good player. He's not – I don't think right now he's a great player. I think he's a really good player. And, hell, him starting helps get the team he – listen, they wouldn't have got there with – I mean, with the way they went about their business, he was a reason why they got there but wasn't the reason. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I believe J.J. McCarthy is a guy that can help you win games when you're not playing well, that he could be the reason. Um I could tell you this from coordinator standpoints. Well, unless you got Brady or Rogers that aren't going to run once in a while, Roger, but throwing the ball like they do on the Sunday level. The toughest thing in the world to defend is a guy who can throw and run, that it can stand, that just willing to stand in the pocket when necessary, can change the launch point, but then when it breaks down to make me plays with his feet, designed or non-designed. Segs, it's a, you don't have to be that guy. You're a Michigan guy. Let, let a guy outside the Michigan program that you watch so closely and I watch him because my guy Harbaugh and I love him. Mm-hmm. They're a better team with JJ McCarthy. They're better energy. They're tougher to defend. If you're Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Southern Cal, Baylor, Florida, I don't care who you are. You talk to the defensive coordinators. I'll I I'd bet you to a man and said, who do you want to game plan against? Who who's easier to game plan against? You know that answer. It's Cade McNamara. The tougher guy that, that makes it miserable, if he's got doing what he does, listen, if they're going to win a national title, I'm just going to say this loud so you can hear me. If they're going to win the national title, it's going to be with J.J. McCarthy under center. Understand. I, I, can they get there? Yeah. Doing the same thing they've been doing? Yeah. If they want a different level and create misery for defensive coordinators, McCarthy, I can, I'm, I'm just telling you, there may be somebody who loves JJ, I mean, McNamara, and I, I get it, could throw it. But if you're talking about what walk into a game with a little more fear, McCarthy's, McCar- McCarthy's the better all-around player, and they're a better team with him at quarterback. They just are. Yeah, I, I saw a play, um, I can't remember which Michigan uh, beat writer it was or analyst. It was basically they were both running the exact same play, and – Almost the exact same thing happened where an edge defender came off the right side 
and McNamara took a sack. McCarthy was able to just dance around the guy, go around the corner and throw like a 15 yard pass strike right to the guy. And that right there is the difference we see from guys like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, guys that can just make people miss Josh in Allen. the pocket. Josh right. Allen. They're, they're just guys that extend plays. Big Ben, not a runner, not a guy, but he's always somebody that could extend the play and then make a throw with his arm. That's the type Thanks, of quarterback sir. that all teams are looking for. And Michigan has one. Right. And used to be dual threat. You could run, but you couldn't throw. Yeah. Nowadays right. it's dual threat. You can throw for 4,000 yards, then run for another 800 mm-hmm. or more, whatever it is, you know, I'm just throwing numbers out. Listen, and what you saw with that play in particular and what McCarthy gives you is what Jim Harbaugh, what myself, what any other person who coaches the position, well, you can't teach it. You know, you start to do it. There comes a point in time when there's about eight or 10 plays when, dude, you just got to make a play, throw it out of bounds, run out of bounds, get me 10 yards, make it off schedule throw. Don't take a sack, um, hit the check down where I, I, I don't, everything goes to hell in a handbasket. You got to just make me a right. play like we would if we were out in the street or the schoolyard plan. I can't teach those instincts either. I, I can teach you movement and what we're looking for and seeing coverage, but there's just certain a little burst. That McNamara, it, it, that's not by accident. McNamara on a regular basis won't step out of that. J.J. McCarthy will, which means you went from a sack and a loss or a loss in the backfield to a 15 to 20 yard gain that should have been a bad play. That's the difference. McCarthy makes them better. It's, it's they can win with both. They can win with McNamara. They become greater with McCarthy as a quarterback. He should get the majority of the work the rest of the year. Yeah. And then another team that had a big win playing a, a non-power five team. We were kind of wondering what we'd see from coach gone, quarterback on a lot of talent gone, but Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel looked good. He got out there and it's the, you know, he's had some bad injuries, but he transfers in from central Florida and he was the Dylan Gabriel. I think we all remember, you know, just throwing those touchdowns and making plays with his legs. I think Oklahoma's kind of a sneaky team when it comes to the college football Agreed. playoff. And I think they're, very solid defensively. I know it's the Big 12, so defense is almost an afterthought. It seems like year in, year out in but that Venables loves Venables knows yes. how to teach it. Yes, he, he will have that team playing better and better as the season goes on, the defense that is. So yep. what were your thoughts on Oklahoma? Like I said, we With didn't you. know what to expect, but they're a sneaky team for me now that I've seen them. A veteran, experienced quarterback on an improved defense that they're always going to be able to run. It's Oklahoma. They right. got they got big fellas up front. Uh, matter of fact, that kid, uh, you know, uh, you, 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 McCade, uh, Matoyer, you know, my guy, the guy mm-hmm. you saw make this, yep. Avery, that's his, that's his older brother. Oh, okay. Transfer from Cal. Yep, that's so right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Transfer from Cal. So they can move the pile and they're, they're, they can run and they're athletic, but they're physical. That, that part I've never worried about Oklahoma spreading you out and then running it. Right. I know right. they can do that. And having a quarterback that can make plays, they've done it. And here's a key for me, and I'm a huge fan, and I think he elevates Gabriel, who has seen defenses and gets it and can calm you into, if you're going to lose Caleb Williams, you might as well replace him with the guys played, right? Yep. Not a bad gig, is Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's really good at, the, at the, the long read option, hold, hold, patience from it, and then getting a guy who can make some extra movement, beat you two ways. Levy is a huge get for them. I'm, I'm, I fully believe it. So I think oh, you're right. If we just think that it's going to be Texas and Baylor and Oklahoma State, 
I would caution us against burying Oklahoma just yet. So I know who they beat. I get it. But you think the Red River shootout when it comes up, they're not going to be ready to play Texas? Right. You think that you think that Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy aren't saying, well, damn, with Levy there and the way they're playing with Venables and I got to deal with this quarterback? The quarterback can make plays. Oklahoma's probably a sneaky, dangerous team that probably one of the teams in the country that's got weapons that not a lot of people are talking about right now. So keep an eye on how Jeff Levy continues to call games for him offensively. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – they're a team to watch for sure. All right, and then finally, got to talk about the chaos of the LSU-Florida State game. Florida State wins 24-23. Should have won the game earlier in the fourth quarter. They fumble at the goal line. LSU, to their credit, takes it 99 yards just and then misses the field goal or the extra point. What are your thoughts? Yep. Well, to me, it is, that's a seven or so win team, yeah. LSU. Mike Norvell tried to give it away. What are you doing hand-to-hand to, to stop it? Yeah. Quit getting cute. You know, you, you want Deion Sanders to be your head coach? Yeah. Keep doing it, and he'll take over the Florida State job. But a huge win, while LSU's not the normal LSU, huge win. But you, you, you can't – special teams, they were horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. They got to get more plays from the perimeter, and the, you just can't miss field goals, can't get them blocked or extra points blocked, and you, you can't take as many hits in the backfield as they did. LSU will be fine. Florida State showed some athleticism. And Jaden Daniels did a good job. They, they beat themselves. Florida State did a good job. LSU was not real good in the special teams and things you got to be. Yeah, it was chaotic game. Glad I stayed up to watch it because the ad ending was insane. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Sean Salisbury show. We'll do it later this week. And we got NFL games to talk about. It's finally here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.